live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studio. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create amazing relationships. I'm Ramsey personality George Camel, joined by my fellow Ramsey personality, the exuberant Jade Warshaw, joins me this hour, and we are more than enthused to take your calls at 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. Andrew kicks us off in Dallas, Texas. Andrew, welcome to the show. Hey guys, uh, so my question is, I've got a, the only debt I've got is 190k on a mortgage, first mortgage. I've got about two hundred thousand dollars in a CD. My, my mortgage rate is three and three quarters. My CD is over five percent. So I'm wondering, you know, what would you do? Would you still pay off the mortgage or hang on to the CD since it's outpacing the, you know, the mortgage rate? Mm. Yeah, this is a, a common question in today's world where people locked in these super low mortgage interest rates and now savings interest rates are sky high and they're going, why would I even pay down this mortgage? I'm making money hand over fist in the savings account. <laughs> and I understand it. Mathematically, I understand it. There's uh, one piece of the equation is risk, of course, of not having a mortgage means less risk. 100% of the homes that get foreclosed on have a mortgage unless they don't pay property taxes. That's pretty rare. So one side of this is going, if I didn't have a mortgage payment, what could I do? And start dreaming about that vision for your life. And the other side of the coin is the actual math of going, well, what's what are you paying right now in interest every month on that mortgage? Have you actually looked at the amortization schedule? Yeah, um, it's been a minute. I don't exactly remember, you know. But we're probably talking, you know, north of 600 bucks just on interest yeah, alone. For sure. And so when you start to look at the numbers on, you know, 5% on 200,000, that's 10k a year. You know, you can start to do the math and go, all right, divided by 12, it's I'm making 800 bucks by keeping this 200,000. Now most people don't have 200,000 sitting in a CD. You are very weird in a good way to have saved up this amount of money. Was this a, a windfall? Did you work to save this up? Um, a little bit of both. I you know, I got a pretty decent bonus uh, about a year ago at, at the job, so Okay. And what's your income? 150 awesome. a year. So what would be the harm? Play it out where you, you cash out the CD and you pay off the house and you still have some other savings, I imagine, that are liquid. I do. I mean, not a lot. That, that more or less kind of takes me to... Your you know, emergency fund? Zero, which, yeah, I mean, I've definitely got, you know, I've probably got another 30 grand that okay. is liquid. And then what's your mortgage payment every month? Um, it's like eight hundred bucks. Oh, nice! But I'm, I'm paying. I pay. You know, I, I pay a lot more than uh, just trying to pay it off quicker. Yeah. Well, we tell you what we would do if we were in your shoes, and what we would do is pay off the house if we had the money sitting yeah. there. I definitely would. I mean, I. I tend to look at statistics on this too. Um, we know 67% of millionaires have paid for homes. That's what they do. They pay off their residence and they understand that that's a major part of their wealth building plan. Yeah. And you'll still have, of course, property taxes and insurance. But if you take that chunk out of principal and interest that you're throwing towards the house and go, what could I do with that? The extra 500 bucks I'd have every month. Well, you're probably going to invest that because that's the kind of person you are. And so you're going to see 200 grand again. But right now it feels like I have 200 grand liquid when really you owe 200 grand on the other side. That's right. And so I would rather be free. I sleep better not owing anyone anything, especially with all the fear right now in the economy. And it's just a simpler life when you don't have a payment 
in the world. So uh, I'm cheering you on. If if you pay that house off today, man, that would be fun. Go down to the bank and do a wire transfer and call it a day. Oh, what a great Never night. have to think about mortgages again. Love it. Thanks for the call. Great conversation. Let's go to Isaiah in Phoenix up next. Isaiah, what's going on? Yeah, I have uh, $12,000 in savings, and I'm trying to determine if I should assist my fiance in paying off credit card debt. No! Or... No! Or save it for no. a No! You, you hit Jade's You, you button, activated man. my you no activated button. activated it. <laughs> Why do you want to pay off your fiance's debt? Um, I, I think it really comes down to her parents, but she, you know, we will, we want to qualify together, um, possibly. What do you mean qualify? Uh, qualify on a house together. I will say she has $18,000 in debt where I actually have $0 in debt besides $10,000 in student loans. Here's the thing. I love and plus the 10K. Okay. Well, hold on. I, you're not going to pay off your student loans, but yeah. you're going to go pay off her debt? Look, he, he I, I admire that you're, he's got a good heart here. He's got a good intention, but it's, Very chivalrous. It, yeah, it's, this is the wrong plan in your mind because you're not married yet, right? This is your mm-hmm. fiance. You've got good intentions. You want to be debt free. You're putting her first. Like I, I think I see how the wheels are turning in your brain, but it's a bad plan because you're not yet married yet. And so we don't want to combine money. We don't want to pay off debt. I'm not trying to put any bad, you know, juju on you to say that you're not getting married, but just be patient and let that run its course. And in the meantime, each of you work on paying off your own debt. You've got 10K that you need to pay off. She's got 18K. She needs to be working to pay off. When's the wedding? Uh, wedding's probably in about a year or so. Oh yeah. You guys can knock that out. What are you earning right now? Uh, myself, I'm earning about 70 to 85 K a year. She's a nursing student. She's not really making any income. Not yet. But okay. she has debt that has to be paid. When, when will she finish school? Uh, she finishes in September. Oh, nice. So she'll be working by the time you're married. Yes. Making a great income. So here's a goal mm-hmm. I would have if if I was sitting there in your shoes, fiancés, I would go, hey, how cool would it be to start off our marriage debt-free with money in the bank and cash flow the wedding and honeymoon? Mm-hmm. That would be my goal over the next 12 months. But right now, it's her debt, my debt, my money, her money, my savings, her mm-hmm. savings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that would be, you have 12K in savings, I'm paying off your 10K today. What's stopping you from doing that? Um, I, just because I want to keep that money for a house. So I don't know if I should. Isaiah, you're not ready for a house, man. Let, let's, let's walk him through it. Let's walk him through it. Isaiah. Cause I, I feel him. He's, he's, he's got good intentions. They're uh. just misdirected. Okay. The house is the biggest purchase you're ever going to make. All right. It's the most important purchase. We want to make sure it's done right. The best way to buy a house is after you've paid off all of your debt. And when you've got three to six months of savings set aside and you're able to put down a nice size down payment so that you're making it to where when you buy the house, that payment is no more than 25% of your take-home pay so that every day when you turn the key, it feels great walking into your house. There's no burden there. You can you know, lay in the backyard in a hammock and just be at peace, right? We wanna create that. Right now, you've both got debt. She's not working. There's a right way to do this and you're not gonna go in to buy a house together until you've got that money saved, until you're both married, right? Yes. This is the way we're working this plan. I would enjoy newlywed life first and just rent, not have to worry about home ownership. And then down the line when we're ready, 
we'll do that. And we want to give you a little premarital gift, and that is Financial Peace University. I want you and your fiance to go through it. I think that'll light a fire under you both mm-hmm. to get rid of your debt separately so that when we come together, it is sweet, holy matrimony <laughs> and financial peace on top of that. So hang on the line. Skylar's going to pick up. We will gift you one year of Financial Peace University. Hey guys, it's Rachel Cruz here to tell you about a faith-based alternative to health insurance that can make healthcare more affordable, Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM allows members to share each other's healthcare costs, and it's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, choose the healthcare provider you want. Step two, submit your eligible bills. And step three, get reimbursed. CHM members take care of your eligible medical bills. With no network and the freedom to choose your healthcare provider, CHM is the best option for Christians who want to take care of their families and help other believers. Find out more at chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Camel, joined by Jade Warshaw this hour, and we're taking your calls at 888-825-5225. Well, Jade, this has been the the talk of the town, all in the news. Yes. Guess who's back? Back again. Student loans. That's right. Oh, man. So we can pretty much say that by the end of August, we're going to be back on it. It's time to pay the piper, right? When student loans come back online. And, you know, I think that this has got people feeling some type of way, right? Because we've gone three years... I mean, people have like almost graduated college in the time that student loans have been paused. They don't even know life of a student loan payment. They don't even know about it. And then there's the folks who, you know, they've not had this reprieve and they've created a whole new life and they bought a house and they have a whole new budget. And they traded the $400 student loan payment for a $400 car payment. And now they're going, wait, 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 wait. I got another payment coming. Oh, I can't afford that. Yeah. And I'll be a problem. It's a problem, but I'm glad that it's going away because I just have to throw this number out there in case nobody's heard. Do you understand, George, that this student loan pause has cost the U.S. taxpayers five billion, billion dollars per month? That's a thousand millions, but five of those every month that since this pause has happened. The taxpayers are paying that. That's insane. Woo! So Ooh. I had to hit that because I don't think a lot of people have dug in to understand like there's no such thing as a free lunch. Whenever something's quote unquote free, it's not actually free. Taxpayers are paying it. Yeah. People who don't have student loans, people who never went to college, single moms, teachers, everybody's been paying for this. So they're coming back online and I feel for the people who are like, dang it. Uh, I was paying my student loans before and for some reason it seemed like they never went down. Why is that? So we want to give you guys some practical information this hour. And this is the hour where you need to take out a pen and paper. If you have the ability, if you're listening in your car or whatever, save this and come back to it later because this is so important. We're going to teach you and break down your student loan payment so you actually understand what's happening every month and so that you understand this is how you got to attack your student loan to ultimately pay it off. Okay, so let's just take an average number, George, let's just say you've got $35,000. That's about what I had. In a student loan, all right? Let's say your interest rate's about 400% annual interest rate. 4%? That's what this says. Oh, I think you said 400. I was like, I'm going to throw up. That's like payday lender level. No, 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 4%. That's kind of, you know, what we're looking at. So we want to understand what percentage of our payment is going to interest, right? So here's what you do. It's three easy steps. We're gonna figure out how much we're paying each day in interest. So you take 
and you calculate your daily income, or I'm sorry, your daily interest rate, here's what we do. We take the 4% and we multiply it by 365 days, right? So 0.04 times 365. Yep. And we're going to get a number. It's going to be like 0.000, you know, 10959. So whatever your number is, fill in that blank. Take your interest rate, 0.04 or 0.08, whatever your interest is. And we're dividing it by 365 days because there's 365 days in the year. That's step one. Step two, you're going to take your full loan balance and you're going to multiply it by that previous number. So we're gonna take $35,000 because that's how much we owe. And now we're multiplying it by that daily rate, right? And we see that we're paying $3.83 per day in interest. Doesn't sound like a lot, yeah. but it adds up. It adds up. Now we need to find how much we're paying per month. So we take that $3.83 there's 30 days in the month. So we multiply it by 30 days and that gives us $115. So in this case, that person is paying $115 per month in interest. Now you go, hey, that doesn't seem too bad. Here's the problem. On a standard 10-year payback plan, right? For this person, their payment's probably about $354. So we know, okay, out of $354, that $115 is interest and the rest of it, $239 goes to the principal. Here's where we get into trouble. Everybody wants a lower payment, George. Mm. Everybody says, oh, I need the income-based payment or I want the, the lower payment. I don't want to pay so much on my student loans. So what happens if this person calls up their lender and says, hey, I, 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 need, to, I need to lower this payment. Give me the lowest payment possible. That person might get on a payment plan, maybe a 20-year plan where that payment goes down to $113. And you feel like, Woo, Woo I'm winning. I'm paying less. But here's the problem. If your payment's $113, you're not even covering the interest. The interest didn't change. The interest does not change. And so if that's how your balance is going up, so many people on payment plans, they extend the plan and they wonder, why isn't my student loan moving? As a matter of fact, it feels like it's getting bigger. So here's the rule of thumb. Larger payments are better. All right. I kind of came up with this thing. When, when these student loans come back, tell yourself, lower as in lower payment, equals larger and longer. Mm. Lower equals larger, as in your, your balance gets bigger because of the interest, and longer, which means you're going to be paying it for much longer. You do not want a lower payment. Well, it's like I cannot we stress that enough. A 15-year mortgage over a 30-year. Your payment's higher. That's but right. But you pay it off in half the time with less than half the interest. That's right. So, so don't get fall your, for these traps. Don't fall for it. Get out your pen and paper and work through this and figure out, okay, because when you see, it's like when you have a home, you look at that amortization schedule and you go, oh, I get it. Like, I see why I need to pay this thing off. And it's the same thing. Do this math. Do this little bit of hard work. Let me tell you something right now. I'm confessing. I hate math. I, I love money. Don't love math. All right. But I make myself do it because I want to see it. And it's so important for you guys to do this because with these student loans, they're sneaky and, and, and they drain our energy, right? Nobody wants to think about it. We want to bury our head in the sand, right? Peacock status. Is it peacocks? Um, I, Ostrich. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what peacocks do. Uh, I got to <laughs> Google that one. Feathers. But look, when it comes to this stuff, I say it all the time. Ignorance is not bliss. It's broke. Ooh. All right. That'll preach. It's broke. You got to look at this stuff. You can do it. The next step then is just getting on your budget, right, yes. George? And if you have had your head in the sand... Who knows what has happened in three years? Many people had their loans sold to a different lender. Yeah. Uh, your payments may have changed. You may have gotten married. You've changed an address. You've got to get this stuff 
dialed in. So contact your lender, get all of that figured out, figure out exactly what your payment is, who it's with, what the interest rate is, and then start to plan for that in your budget. And that might mean, oh, we got to stop eating out. We got to cut some subscriptions. We got to pay off the car so that we have room to pay for the student loans. We can attack that. There's going to be some life change happening this summer. Oh, yeah. It's the summer blockbuster that nobody wanted. <laughs> but Student he, loans are coming back. But you can, we get to frame our mindset around this, George. We can either look at this and go, oh, man, I got to pay my student loan. That sucks. Or you can look at it and go, oh, I get to get debt free. I, I get to... I get to pay off my debt so I can have a better future. I get to pay off my debt so I can have peace. I get to pay off my debt so I can build wealth. I get to pay off my debt so I can send my kids to college. I get to pay off debt so I can go to the restaurants that I want to go to without feeling guilty every time mm. I have to pay. Like, right? Yes. That's what this is. It's reframing that dichotomy in your mind. And I mind. think we need to get riled up. And to do that, go listen to the Borrowed Future podcast series that I did. And you can go watch the documentary on YouTube for free under the same name, Borrowed Future. And I interviewed... Some folks who have the saddest stories. People mm. who took out 15K and then owed 60. Yeah. People who took out 80 and didn't realize they were going to be paying 120. That's right. That's the kind of stuff that gets you angry enough to pay this off. And the interest is coming back. The payments are coming back. It's not going to get forgiven by Uncle Joe. Listen, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Even if the 10K happens, that's a drop in the bucket for most of your student loans. Look, and, and at this rate, that 10K would be back in interest lickety split. Let's be honest about that. Yes. And I just... I have to say this. I I have to say this. In our country, there is people's people have got it twisted. They have confused truth with popular opinion, and that's a problem. And when it comes to the popular opinion that oh, the government should pay for this, I got duped. The government should step in and pay my student loans. Matter of fact, they should pay everybody student loans. Matter of fact, you know that continues. But here's the truth. The truth is, you signed up for it. You signed up for it. And when you signed your name, and don't get me wrong, we're 18, we didn't have a clue. And these student loan companies are predatory, but it's not all your fault, it's, but it no, is your responsibility. We're not saying it's your fault, but it You've is your responsibility. Do, do what's right. Do what's right. Make the right next step, which is pay off these loans, because uh, the government doesn't have a great track record of solving all of your life's problems. <laughs> it's the person in the mirror. And that hurts at first until you go, oh, I'm in control. The person in the mirror, I can control that guy. That's right. And so we have full faith that you can do this because I've done it, Jada's done it, many people on this debt-free stage have done it, and you're next. So what are you waiting for? Are you going to keep watching the headlines, waiting for your life to change, or are you just going to get up off the couch and go change it? You got next! You got to decide, America. This is The Ramsey Show. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Camel, joined by Jade Warshaw this hour. This is your show, America. So call us up with your questions about life and money at 888-825-5225. Well, a lot of you are planning to move sometime soon. Tis the season, and that's awesome. I'm excited for you, but let's be real. In most places around the country, you'll still be facing sky-high home prices and interest rates. Well, they're not exactly returning to those record lows that we, we love to see. But that doesn't make home ownership impossible. If you want to buy or sell, you've got to make sure you're financially ready. And you've got to have a trusted and experienced real estate agent to walk you through this. Not a family friend who just got their license last month. Not someone who does real estate as a part-time hobby. 
on the weekends. You need to be working with a pro who's a true expert in your local market, and they know how to negotiate a strong deal, how to market this thing to get the best price, to get the best deal. And uh, you can find high-caliber Ramsey-trusted agents just like that through our Endorsed Local Providers program. And since we vet agents from around the country, you'll have the best support whether you're moving from Florida to Alaska or buying your first home somewhere in between. Just go to RamseySolutions.com slash agent to find a Ramsey-trusted real estate agent today. That's RamseySolutions.com slash agent. Randall joins us up next in Houston. Randall, what's up? Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. What's going on? Uh, so I just got married, uh, middle of February and then soon after my wife and I found out that we're pregnant. And so just wanted to see, uh, what the best steps are to set uh, my family up as well as, as our future child up for financial success. Awesome. So you want you want to set up the family and the child and what does financial success mean to you? Define that for us. Uh, probably retiring early and, um, not always having, the baggage of um, of weighing every decision based on the money factor. Mm. So just love l- that. less brain calories burned because of money. Yes, sir. Love it. And how old are you two? Uh, so I'm 26. My wife is 24. And what's your household income? Um, it's about 85 right now. My wife is in between jobs, but she starts a new one at the end of July, and it'll be about another 50. Good. Awesome. Very good. What kind of debt do you guys have? Uh, zero. Love wow, it. Wow, good job. And you got money in the bank? Uh, let's see. We've got about ten or twelve grand cash, and um, right around a hundred thousand, depending on the day, with investments. Oh, is that just in a taxable brokerage, or is that retirement? Uh, so some of it's in retirement. About I think eighty-four ish of it is in an ETF. Um, about 15 of it's in a Roth IRA, and uh, about three grand is in a 401k with my employer. Okay, so the ETF is outside of retirement? Correct. Cool. Okay, so what are your future goals? Because we can set, we can walk you through the baby steps, which is invest 15%. Uh, if you have that fully funded emergency fund, which I, I think you're close, is the 12K cash close to three to six months of expenses? It's probably around three or four. Okay. So we're still building that. So I would up that before baby gets here. Once the baby's here, we can set up a 529 plan and get college going and put a few hundred bucks a month away there Mm -hmm. while you guys are putting 15% of that awesome income into retirement accounts. And then what would be your next goal? Is it to be homeowners? You guys have a house? Absolutely. No, we don't. We rent right now. Okay. Um, But possibly uh, homeowners in the next couple of years, um, just trying to see what the options are and what it looks like. I know the housing market is absolutely nuts right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I would liquidate those non-retirement funds and use that as a down payment. You could definitely do that. Okay. That would be a that. great plan, especially right now with even high-yield savings accounts, interest rates. You might want to mm-hmm. liquidate now and just sock it away over there at 4 or 5% and not worry about what the stock market does based on what someone tweeted or what the government, did, who mm-hmm. knows what. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think going in, I, you know, I, I feel like we kind of don't, we talk about all the time that we want you to get, you know, a 15 year fixed rate mortgage where the payment's no more than 25% of your take home pay all in. We talk about that a lot, but I think sometimes if you're a first time home buyer, I know I experienced this, there are those fees up front that are big percentages of money that we don't really think about. And I want to kind of go over that a little bit. I, I came up with this little acronym that I think helps. I say, make sure you have a stacked deck, D-E-C. Because oh. you've got your down payment, yep. which is substantial. 
And if you're making an offer, a lot of times you need earnest money, which is the E, and then your closing cost, which is the C. That's good. So that's a lot of money. Just add a K for to make me feel good. Just call it kitchenware. All right, there we go. Add <laughs> a budget for kitchenware. There you go. But that's what I'm talking about is making sure not only the down payment, that is a big thing, but sometimes we forget those other costs that are really yeah. big and you well, want to have the furniture, cash for Just having a couch to sit yeah. on. Yeah. So you guys are in a good spot. You've got, like George said, you've got money you can liquidate and you can still continue to save towards it as well. But kind of thinking through that and going, what does this mean? You know, of course, your down payment anywhere between, you know, 10 to 20 percent, 5 percent. I've heard some people say um, your earnest money. Sometimes that's one to three percent of the purchase cost. And then your closing cost could be anywhere between five to seven percent. So that's a lot of money to think yeah. about. And you've already got a great head start. And Randall, we're we're cheering you on because you're asking yourself how to set yourself up financially. You're already doing the work by remaining debt-free and having money in the bank, staying cash positive, increasing your net worth. Those are the kinds of moves that allow you to burn less brain calories with every financial decision. Mm-hmm. How does okay. that hit, sit with you? Was that a lot? It does, yeah. The one thing that I'm, I'm hesitant on is I know that when I'm high interest, uh, savings accounts, they can make uh, whatever percentage is three, four, five percent. But is that something to be worried about with inflation being higher than that? No, I would not. Even if no. it was two percent, I still think it's a wise move. If you got a home purchase coming up in the next year, to keep it liquid and not put it into the market because we just don't know. And what I would hate is a year from now, you had eighty four a year ago, mm-hmm. and you go to buy that house, and now that account is down to seventy. That's right. Because of some dip in the market. And it hurts emotionally and it hurts financially because now you're set back with your down payment savings goal. Yeah, we've done extensive studies on that. Um, the difference between leaving, if you were to put money in you know, the market to save, the difference between keeping it in five years or more or less than five years, the, the chances of you having gains on it goes down dramatically if it's like one year, three years. That's why we say don't put your money in the market for savings unless you're going to keep it in there long term, five years or more. So in your case, that's not really what we're looking at. So that high yield savings account is perfect. The purpose is not to outpace inflation at that point. It's just to save for your down payment. And I'm sure the Houston area housing is pretty expensive. And so I would sit down with your, with your wife and go, Hey, what kind of house is reasonable for us right now? We may not be able to afford that dream home that we really, it may have to be a townhome for now. And that's okay. We're going to get a $300,000 townhome instead of a $600,000 single family home or it's going to be 20 minutes further than we wanted it to be. So there's going to be some compromises, and home ownership is never perfect. And so you've got to kind of know that going into it to not be emotionally jarred and scarred. Understood. Okay, thank you all. Yeah, congrats on the uh, upcoming baby. That's That's exciting. exciting. Can you imagine? Well, I guess it happens a lot. You get married in like less than a year, and you're like, we're pregnant. Whew. That's a I lot. Know. It's that a was lot. a real exhale. That was a real But you know what breath. makes it way easier when you don't have debt and you have $12,000 in the bank like Randall and you're not stressed about how are we going to afford this baby? Yeah. It becomes a line item in the budget. And so we always say in the baby steps, there's no baby step that is have a baby. Right. You can have a baby in any baby step. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Will it be more financially peaceful to have that baby once you're debt free with an emergency fund? Sure. A thousand percent. Do people have babies all the time while they're in debt and they sure. survive? Yes but still make it a priority to become debt-free, get the emergency fund. And Jade, more than ever, I think with today's economy and the news, Mm -hmm. everyone is going, I feel like I can't keep up with inflation. I'll never be a million. I'll never be able to. And so they start doing these Hail Mary shortcuts, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. buzzer beater financial moves 
that end up hurting them way more than it helps them. Yeah, that's right. You know, you just you kind of have to just stay the course on this and keep going strong, keep saving. And if you you don't like the rate that you're saving, you might have to increase your income in a way so that you can save more. But the key is don't make rash choices. Don't make speedy choices. Take your time um, and do it right. Yeah, You won't regret it. The less exciting the financial plan sounds, the more it's probably the right one. That's right. If it sounds too good to be true and it sounds like, if I just did this one thing, this guy said, if a guy said, then maybe it's not the right Unless it's George. Unless they're sitting at this desk (laughs) and that guy or gal has a good head on their shoulders. Because we're not trying to steer you to get rich quick. We're trying to steer you to get rich slow and have peace in your life, which is about the opposite the way the world is going right now. We are far, far away from peace, and we're all aiming towards it. It's what we really, really want deep down. We're here for you, America. This is The Ramsey Show. This is The Ramsey Show. I'm George Camel, joined by Jade Warshaw this hour. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Hey, if you're a new listener to this show and you want to dive deeper into the Ramsey baby steps, all the stuff we talk about on the show, the lingo, you can go to RamseySolutions.com and click on the Get Started button, and we will help you figure out the next best step for your financial journey based on where you're at today. That's RamseySolutions.com. Click on the Get Started button. Our question of the day is brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services. Spring is here, and Neighborly can help keep your home and yard in tip-top shape with the Grounds Guys, Mosquito Joe, Precision Garage Doors, and Mr. Handyman. So spend time enjoying your home, not working on it. Go to Neighborly.com to find service pros in your area. All right. Today's question comes from Mark in Wisconsin. He says, a year ago, I bought a loaded 2022 Santa Fe with 18 miles for about $38,100. After a year of payments at $391, starting to regret my decision. I owe $16,400 on the loan and CarMax is offering me $31,600 for the car. I put $15,000 down when I purchased it and I could pay off the loan by selling it and be left with about $15,000. All right. Can I look at this as a learning lesson, uh, kind of like a lease and sell and go back to my motto of it's just a car? It's a <laughs> I great love that that's motto. his motto. Um, yeah, I, I, these questions, sometimes I'm like, I want more context. I want to know what your income is, what percentage of your income is this. Of course, I hate car loans. I want to know what other debt that you have. Um, but it, at the end of the day, if you don't like the car, you regret having the car and you can get out which is rare when you can get out and still have 15K I know, left. This is a wonderful situation as far as reversing the stupid tax. Yeah, I'm like, go get out of it. Turn it back in. Sell it. Get your 15K. Because they put 15K down and they're saying they're going to get 15K out of it. Yeah. So yeah, he's wash. coming away. It's a wash. You basically got to drive the car for a year and have a good time and now you're done with it. Oh, he's oh, so you're saying it's a wash. It sounded like he was saying that he would be left with 15K. Did I read it wrong? Which is what they put down. So 15 oh, down plus their year of payments is what they paid into it. So they, they lost a little bit of money, but... Not too bad. It could have been way worse. We have seen a whole lot worse with cars being underwater today. Yeah. So so can you go back to his motto? I say, yeah, it's just a car. Sell it. Sell it. Get out of it. Get you something with that you're paying cash for that you don't have a payment in the world. It, it is just a car. will get you a real nice car. It sure will. To this day, Jade, the newest car I've driven 
that our family owns is a 2013. Me too! I'm still behind the times. Me too, George. So all these people out here driving 2022 loaded cars, I'm like, must be nice. We're out here paying cash. Look. Being reasonable. And and he, it's an omen because we both said 2013. And do you want to know what I paid for our 2013? Please 15K? Tell. That's what's up. That's what's up so right there. So you're going to get a nice 2013 vehicle with your 15K. You sure are. And I love your motto. It's just a car and you want to know it. You're going to feel so good because you're going to secretly know inside when you just walk through the parking lot of Costco or when you take a walk through your neighborhood and you see all the vehicles, you're going to go $717 a month, $862 a month. I wish legally. What if, Jay? Just what if? (laughs) If you had a car payment, you had to stamp it onto your windshield. Do you think we drive differently? Yes, George. I'm scared people would flex and be like $1,200. Yeah, there would be the people who were so just like mortified to put it on there. And then there'd be the people, the bro dudes who'd be Probably so the proud. Probably the truck bros. They've got the lifted. They've got the under LED oh, yeah. kit going on. Spent spent $1,200 a month on my car, bro. I'm like, bro, what do you <sighs> use that truck bed? Oh, you go to Lowe's once a quarter to get some mulch? Okay. Oh, Glad man. Glad you had to buy a $60,000 truck to do that. Goodness gracious. Yeah. yeah. Cars just have never... I People go, well, George, you're not a car guy. I'm like... What is a car guy? I think Cars everybody are made loves for utility. a nice car. We all enjoy a nice car. I want to. I own a nice car. Yeah. But the thing is, I want to own a car to where the next car I get is the nicest car I've driven. Yes. The problem with buying new cars is that anything else feels like a downgrade. But when you're in debt, you're doing it the wrong way. That That's car is right. going down in value while you continue to pay interest. Yeah. It's one of the stupidest forms of debt you can get into. That's so, right. He's doing right. Get out of the car. It. It's just a car. Who cares what other people think? And every time you turn that ignition, you feel that regret. It's just not worth it. Mm-hmm. So I'd sell it. Thanks for the question. All right, let's go to the phones. Lindsay is in Portland, Maine. Lindsay, welcome to the show. Hi. So um, so glad it's you and Jade today. Can you hear me okay? Yes. We can. We're glad it's Great. Lindsay. Thanks. I'm sorry, what was that? We're glad it's Lindsay on the line. How can we help? Yay! So <laughs> I have been following you guys for a while, and we completed um, the Financial Peace University, and we have gone bananas for the past uh, eight months. We've paid over a um, hundred thousand dollars off Woo! on debt already. Come on, and, somebody! Yeah, and we just uh, sold our home. It was a really big deal, but we ended up. Um, Profiting three hundred and sixty thousand dollars from the sale of our home. That's awesome. So, <laughs> our big question, though, is we have three hundred and fifty in student loan debt oh. left. So okay. we're right. So we're kind of in this position of breaking even, if you will, um, to then be able to have this cash to pay off. Are you guys like doctors or lawyers or something? Yeah, so my husband has a master's in finance, and I'm a nurse practitioner. Okay. Where are you living now since you've sold the home? <laughs> so everyone thinks we're crazy. We um, currently are waiting to get into a rental that's available July 1st. Okay. Awesome. What's your household income? So we currently make, between the two of us, two 250000 Heck yeah. Okay, and the only debt is the student loan debt, or is there more? Nope, that's now that's currently it. We I have two fifty and my husband has eighty. And it's all federal. We pay so 
so our initiative, we, um, we cleaned out our savings and we paid off the private at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. And then um, we've just been saving, saving, saving and paying, paying off um, our debt. We sold, we, we were those people we had, um, now granted our interest on our cars was like 1%, uh-huh. but we did have $1,000 a month in car payments on Oof. a big truck and wow. an Audi. Wow. And so we sold both of those and, um, I'm we so proud of you guys. Twenty twelve wow. Equinox. Yes, twenty twelve. Let's, let's go. go. <laughs> Lindsay, okay. killing killing the game. Awesome. <laughs> so so Lindsay, um, no kids, yeah. right? We have two kids, so that's part of our initial our okay. big thing is we were trying to hustle. My husband worked overnight stocking shelves at a grocery store for the past six months to bring in an extra two grand. And um, I have three jobs and we're just tired. We're tired of just working these long hours. We're willing to do it. And we know that our plan would have been accomplished within three to five years to pay off the three fifty. Mm-hmm. But we just felt like selling the house was just a better move to be able to kind of expedite. Well, to get out of Sally Mae's jail free card. Now, when yeah. this rental comes available July 1st and the whole mm-hmm. family's living in there, is this a situation? Mm-hmm. Let's let's hypothetical. Let's pretend you use this home sale, pay off all the debt. Right. And you're starting at mm-hmm. ground zero. Mm-hmm. You're in a rental. It's going to I mm-hmm. mean, you've got a great income, but you're still going to have to save mm-hmm. up for down payments and closing costs and all, you know, get your three to six months, all of that stuff. Exactly. When we start mapping out the timeline of this. Right. And maybe we find out, hey, this is going to take us a year. Or this is going to take us two years. Will that rental um, take you there? Like, is this the type of situation where it's like no, no better than a, a hotel room, right? With the family. And it's like, oh, we're on top of each other. We can't stand it. Or can so, you get this? <laughs> it's a family friend who bought it for two or three years down the road for her elderly mother. It's a three bed, two bath with a yard. Come on. Amazing. A desirable neighborhood touchdown five minutes from my work yeah that's incredible so and we were dry i was driving probably on average an hour and a half to two hours a day with wow. where we where we previously you got blessings with, all around Lindsay. no no brainer for me this is a no-brainer for me george i'm paying off the student loans you're gonna have an emergency <laughs> fund left right Lindsay? <laughs> we will we'll have a full six month um emergency fund left with our current every dollar budget and our um, profit. <laughs> this is not a house. coincidence. Yes. This is like a God thing. And I'm I'm going to use that. And your next goal is to save up a house down payment. And making 250 you can throw 100 150 k into the savings account and be back in a house a few years from now. Come on, touch down. Love it. Wins all around here, Jade. That puts this hour of The Ramsey Show in the books. My thanks to my co-host, Jade Warshaw, all the folks in the booth, and you, America. Thank you for listening. We'll be back before you know it. What's up, guys? It's Jade. If you love the show and want a deeper dive on your money journey, we have a weekly newsletter that gives you trending and helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Just go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for our newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter.